0: Well, today we go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. And in the next uh, few weeks, we'll be looking at uh, Paul's letter to the church in the ancient city of Philippi. And so today we look at uh, these verses from Philippians 1 12 through 30. Would you please stand out of respect for God's word? Here's St. Paul's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So Paul was experiencing something in his life, and what he was experiencing was imprisonment. He was in prison, in prison for preaching the gospel. So he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me uh, has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope, that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life, or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for the progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation. And that from God, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now here that I still have. Here ends the reading of God's word. You may be seated. It's amazing how God takes the most difficult circumstances in life and he turns them around for a greater plan and a greater purpose. Many of you sitting here today, you have been through difficult things in your life and you have experienced that in your life. That God takes some of the most difficult situations and he turns them around for a greater plan. And in Paul's case, he took a difficult circumstance, his imprisonment for the gospel... He turned that around to actually further the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul, he was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. <clears throat> Some would think that being thrown into prison would actually be a hindrance to the gospel. But as we study Philippians, we're going to see that Paul is is a, a godly optimist. He has this godly optimism. He sees God at work and every situation of life so we would think okay my pastor's thrown into prison that's actually not a good thing for our church but paul's thrown into prison and paul sees that as an opportunity actually to advance the gospel let's look again at verses 12 13 and 14. if you have your bible please turn there a couple of things i want to point out to you or uh, we can put it back on the screen Verse 12, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, that is my imprisonment, he says that it has really served to advance the gospel. It has served to advance the gospel. Now here's something that we need to remember. You'll never be at peace with life's painful circumstances until you trust that God has a plan in it. never be at peace with life's painful circumstances until you believe and trust that God has a plan. in And Paul believed that God had a plan in everything, even in his imprisonment. Then he says, so it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And then most of the brothers have become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment and and are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So first of all, Paul saw that his imprisonment, God had a greater plan in his imprisonment because those who held him captive heard that he was in chains for the gospel, and no doubt they heard the gospel. So Paul says, here I am. I'm I'm in prison, but I have an opportunity. I still have an opportunity to be a witness for Jesus, even in imprisonment. And then secondly, the believers who heard of Paul's imprisonment, they became more confident to proclaim the gospel in light of persecution. So Paul says, this is a good thing. I'm in prison. Those who, who hold me captive now have opportunity to hear the gospel. And the church is actually more emboldened to go out and to be a witness for Jesus Christ. So Paul sees this as a good thing. And we need to understand that, that I will never be at peace and you will never be at peace with life's painful circumstances until you trust that God has a plan in it. So when you read Philippians, you can't help but feel, feel Paul's optimism his optimism even in suffering. Why? Because Paul's at peace with God's plan for his life. Paul knows that God has a plan, even in the difficulty. Now, wouldn't it be nice if if God only planned good things for us? That if everything was always nice, easy sailing, no bumps in the road, no pain, no suffering, no difficulty, wouldn't that be nice? But I believe that God loves us too much to allow us to experience nothing but easy things in life. He allows us to experience the difficulties of life so that we'll grow to trust his plans and his purposes and that we will understand that his grace is sufficient for all of our needs. And he also wants to teach us that God will take the most difficult circumstances and he will turn them around for the good of the gospel. I believe that sometimes God allows you to go through difficult things because as you go through that difficult thing, you become a witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. People see your faith in the midst of your suffering. So Paul gets it. I don't get it. But Paul gets it. He knows that the painful times of life serve a greater purpose. And that greater purpose is for the gospel to go forward, for the gospel to spread throughout the world. Too often I can't see the, God, the good that God is up to in, in my difficult circumstances. And why is that? Why can I not see the good that God is up to? It's because I'm too focused on myself. I'm too focused on myself to believe that that God is up, up to something greater. And when you're focused on yourself, you will never see that every circumstance in life, either good or bad, is for a greater purpose. And you'll never be at peace life's painful circumstances now Paul he didn't look at himself and say oh poor me I'm in prison now there's nothing that I can do for the gospel No, Paul looked to God Paul trusted in God's promises and then Paul looked around and he saw that there were those around him who needed to hear the gospel And so he was a witness in his imprisonment. So God will take the most difficult circumstances and he will turn them around for the good. And ultimately the good is the gospel which brings glory to God. And two, you will never be at peace with life's painful circumstances until you trust that God has a plan in it. See, Paul wasn't living for himself. Paul was living in Christ. Paul knew that his identity was in Christ. And he was not only living in Christ, but he was living for Christ in all things. Paul's life was focused on the single most important thing, and that's Jesus. And for him, that meant being a witness for Jesus. So, at Maple Park Church, may we so trust God that we, would too, would, we too would be at peace with life's painful circumstances and in that be a witness. And we need to remember Paul's optimistic joy. Did you know that you can't have joy until you have peace? Joy is dependent upon being at peace. So if you don't have peace, you're not going to have joy. And in Philippians, Paul wrote about joy over and over and over again. In the midst of his imprisonment. If you're not trusting God, you don't have peace. And if you don't have peace, you don't have joy. So Paul's in prison for the gospel. He has this optimism. He believes that his imprisonment is not for the hindrance of the gospel, but for the good of the gospel. Paul's at peace with God's plan. Not only is Paul in prison, but it's worse. You say, okay, it's, it's bad being thrown into jail, but for Paul, it's even, it's even worse than that. See, as we continue to read Philippians in verses 15 through 18, we see that some bad preachers were causing Paul trouble while he was in prison. Bad preachers were undermining Paul. Here Paul is the optimist. Even in that, Paul believed that that there was uh, something good happening in this. That Paul was even, that uh, these bad preachers were being used for the good of the gospel. Philippians 1, 15 through 18. Some indeed indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. So these men were afflicting Paul in his imprisonment. What does Paul say? What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. Yes, I and I will rejoice. Paul's joyful optimism was a result of trusting God, which brought him peace, and then the peace caused this this joy, even in the midst of painful circumstances. Paul's in prison. Preachers are afflicting him. What does Paul say in all of this? He says, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. Trusting God has a plan. Sets you at peace with your painful circumstances. And being at peace will bring forth joy. Not joy that you're you're in pain. Not joy that you're experiencing a difficult circumstances. but, But joy because God has a plan through the pain." there's more. Paul's in prison. Bad preachers are afflicting him. He's also facing the reality of his impending martyrdom. He knows that that his calling could lead to his death. Paul faced the reality of being murdered for the gospel. And Paul carries his his joyful optimism, even into his view of death. There aren't very many people living today that live with an optimistic view of death. But brothers and sisters in Christ, you can live with optimism even in the face of death. Verse 19 and following. Philippians 1, 19 through 23 is gain For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. He says I'm hard-pressed between the two. He says my desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is far better. we live with this perspective it's hard to find a person alive today with with Paul's joyful optimism amazing Paul's at peace he's at peace with, with his painful circumstances he's in prison bad preachers are afflicting him and he's at peace with the reality of his impending death. You will never be at peace with life's painful circumstances until you trust that God has a plan in it. Then you cannot truly live until you're at peace with your death. Do you know that? You cannot truly live until you're at peace with your death. And you'll never be at peace with your death until you trust Jesus as your Savior. When you trust that he is the one who forgives you of all of your sins. And when you trust that he is the one who gives you everlasting life. And I pray that we would have uh, this same trust in God today. For me to live is Christ. If I'm going to live today, I'm going to live for Jesus. And if I die today, that is the greatest gain that I could experience. I pray that we would have the same trust in him today. So Paul lived with a joyful optimism. Paul's optimism was like way up here. It was a number 10. Where's your optimism today? I'm going to get honest with you guys. I typically live at about a 2 or a 3. I'm going to be honest with you. If I have a really good day, I might move up to a 4. 4. I don't live at this level 10 that Paul lives at. Because Paul lived at this level 10, Paul was willing to go anywhere to advance the gospel, even to prison and to death. I'll be honest, I'm not yet willing to go anywhere Pray that maybe God would work that in my heart, that I would be willing to go anywhere. But honestly, I couldn't say that I'd be willing to go into a country where there there is a good chance that I might be martyred for the gospel. You know the Holy Spirit would have to work that in my heart, and I believe that's ultimately what happens when people are are called to that. Can can I be honest? I'm not yet even willing to go uh, to Chad Africa even to, to visit I'm not a hundred percent sure that I could could travel there I'm not living for Jesus at the level that Paul is And why why, why couldn't I go to Chad Africa? Well first of all I hate airplanes that would be a big obstacle for me. I'm not afraid of flying. Don't get me wrong, if I had my own private jet like Donald Trump, I'd, be, I'd fly every day. I can't handle the cramped, suffocating experience of flying. I haven't attained Paul's perspective on living. So no flying to Chad for me. Second, I can't stand the heat. It causes that same suffocating feeling. I have a hard time going to Arizona. I jump into the pool and the water's like 90 degrees. That's awful, no relief from the heat. I go inside and I try to take a cold shower and the coldest water is hot water in Arizona. The only place I can find relief is inside with the air conditioning on. From what I hear, there's no air conditioning in Chad. so Chad's out. Now, if you had opportunity to visit the mission field in in, in Chad, maybe you would go. I haven't attained Paul's joyful optimism. I guess I'm, I'm like most Christians, I'm an untrusting, anxious, grumpy Christian. <laughs> Where are you at today? Where are you at today? How many of you could say, I'm with you pastor, I'm not a 10, but I'm a two or a three. And on my good days, maybe I'll make it up to a four. This is why I'm so thankful to Jesus. This is why I'm grateful for Jesus. Jesus not only loves the Apostle Pauls of this world who lived up here at a a ten, he, he loves people like me. He loves me. Can you believe it? He loves me. And I'm not getting on a plane to travel to Chad. You see, Jesus' grace is truly amazing. His grace isn't dependent upon my actions. His grace extends to ordinary people like you and I. His grace extends even to Christians that aren't willing to go to certain places. And His grace extends to unbelievers who don't even know that there is something greater to live for than themselves. He is a gracious God. You'll never be at peace with life's painful circumstances until you trust that God has a plan in it. You'll never truly live until you're at peace with your death. And you'll never be at peace with death until you are at peace with God. So I ask you this question, are you at peace with God? That's what makes all the difference in the world. And when I, when I trust in Jesus, when I come to that point where I trust in him, and if he truly does call me to go to Africa, which who knows, maybe now that I've revealed this, maybe that's actually where I'm headed. I know that his grace is sufficient. I know that his grace is sufficient. And I know that he will give me the peace that I need to visit Chad Africa, if that's what he calls me to do. It has nothing to do with something that comes from inside of me, or something that comes from inside of you. Peace with God doesn't come from from having the guts to do certain things. Peace with God doesn't come from being superhuman. Peace with God is something that comes from outside of yourself. Peace with God is a gift of God's grace. We don't make peace with God. We can't make peace with him. God has made peace with us. He has made peace with us. Romans 5, 1 through 3 gives us the answer. And there's no point in putting it up on the screen because I'm reading from the Living Bible. I actually don't think I've ever quoted the Living Bible in a sermon before, but this is beautiful. Romans 5, 1 through 3. So now since we have been made right in God's sight by faith and his promises, we can have real peace with him. And it's because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We can have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. So I come before the Lord today and I say, Lord, I'm untrusting, I'm unwilling, I'm anxious, I'm grumpy. And Lord, I know that there are many brothers and sisters gathered with us today here in the sanctuary on Facebook Live, maybe the radio. You're saying, Pastor, I'm with you. I'm with you. So Lord, I come before you admitting these things. So I thank you for your grace. I thank you that your grace is sufficient for me. That if you call me to Chad, Lord, that you will sustain me and you will keep me. This is all possible because you've made peace with me through your only son, Jesus. And I believe it. I might not feel it, But I BELIEVE IT. SO TODAY HELP ME TO SEE HOW I CAN USE MY PRESENT CIRCUMSTANCES, AS as DIFFICULT AS THEY ARE, AS AN OPPORTUNITY TO ADVANCE THE MESSAGE OF THE GOSPEL. LORD, IF IT'S VISITING CHAD, THEN YOUR GRACE will, WILL GET ME THROUGH THAT LONG, UNTHINKABLE TRAVEL ON AN AIRPLANE SO THAT I CAN GO TO THEM WITH THE GOOD NEWS of the gospel. Lord, if I'm afraid today even to go to my neighbor to tell my neighbor who I am in Christ, I know that your grace is sufficient to help me to do that too. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you and uh, we praise you uh, that you do all things and you do them well. Lord, as we look at the life of the Apostle Paul, it just blows me away. And, Lord, it's by your grace that I'm forgiven, and it's by your grace that I, too, could face, and each and every one of us could, by your grace, face imprisonment with optimism. So help us, Lord Jesus, because we don't have what it takes. Fill us, Lord Jesus, because we're empty. Empower us, Lord Jesus, because we have no power. Amen.